Welcome to Choosing Hope, Living Courageously Through Adversity. My name is Munira Premji, and I'm the host of this podcast. The vision of this podcast is to connect you with individuals who have battled adversity and have learned to live courageously and thrive through their challenges. The podcast also features guests who explore topics like resilience, courage, hope, community, and self-care. Topics to help us get through difficult times and find meaning and joy in life. My guest today is Jean Turner. Uh, Let me tell you a little bit about her. Jean is a minister. She is a retired army officer and a holistic health nurse coach with over three decades of nursing experience. She's also the creator of a signature wellness and lifestyle program for individuals who are 50 plus. She is the author of Spirit of a Warrior. She is the host of a podcast, Health Chat with Coach Jean, which is a wellness show. She's also a wife, a mother, and a grandmother. Welcome to the show, Jean. It really is a pleasure to meet you, even though it is virtual. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my God, you don't know how excited I am to meet you and, and to be a, be a part of your greatness, um, Munira. So I thank you so much. And you are um, speaking to us from Georgia, Atlanta, where there is a lot of really interesting things going on. Oh yes, there is a lot going on. And we've been the spotlight, we've been in the spotlight since you know, since November, our November presidential election. So yeah, it's a hot spot right now. that it is and and the whole world is tuning in and you know there is so much we can talk about uh, Jean because you have a very rich resume of life experiences Uh, but where I'd like to start off with is your nursing experience so for 25 years you worked um, in an army career where you provided nursing services so what is it like uh, working as a nurse practitioner in the army? Wow, that's a good question. Um, As you probably already come to the conclusion, the army is a organization or institution that's very structured. So nursing is nursing, no matter where you are, where you are from, no matter what part of the world you are in. But the interesting thing about being an army nurse is that you are not only a nurse, you are also a soldier. So on top of being a nurse and taking care of patients, you still have to maintain, you know, being qualified with your weapon. You still have to go to the range and fire your weapon. You still have to go to the field and do field work. You still have to deploy to Iraq, Afghanistan, all these places. So we're still soldiers. So what you see in commercials and your idea and picture of a soldier we are that plus we have the mission the patient care the patient care mission as well so we all had it yeah i had no idea that's fascinating and you've provided uh, nursing services in some really interesting um places as part of your career with the army can you talk about that 
Yes. Yeah, so let me see. Back in 2005, um, we deployed to uh, New Orleans, Louisiana, here in the United States because of Hurricane Katrina. And I'm sure you and the world are really familiar how Hurricane Katrina devastated um, New Orleans and other cities. So we actually had to set up a hospital in their convention center for those who stayed behind, who were still there after the hurricane to provide health care to them because a lot of their local hospitals were flooded out. They, they could not do it. And then I deployed 13 months, uh, we say downrange, but in Iraq. Um, to where I was one of the nurses on, we actually had the prison mission in Iraq, Camp Buka and Camp Cropper, which of course was very much in the news for a lot of things that probably shouldn't have went on, but we provided nursing care to the prisoners um, in Iraq. Yeah, that was a really, really, really um, tough and uh, <laughs> that, that was a tough mission right there because I've always said I'd never be a prison nurse and then I end up working in a prison in Iraq. Um, and so I've uh, done nursing overseas in Korea uh, to where I was stationed there for a year. Uh, that was very interesting. Actually, that was one of my favorite uh, duty stations, providing nursing care and working alongside uh, the Korean, my, my Korean counterparts. Um, who are nurses, but may have been taught just a slight tad differently than what we are here in the States. But learning the different cultures is just, I think, a really awesome thing. This is really fascinating. So you get a chance to actually travel the world in some ways. Yes. It's yes. meet with other practitioners from around the world. And, you know, it, it makes the world a much smaller, a much more intimate place. It does, and doesn't it? Providing care to the most vulnerable. Yes. Wow. Yes. And wow. They're at their most vulnerable. I think it's a special calling to do that. Not everybody is, is called to do that. Many people pick healthcare as a profession, but you have to be called to do that. And the difference is, you can tell the difference. The difference is in the, is in the care and compassion and the time right. For each and every individual patient, so it shows. Yeah, particularly when they are away from home, and you know, you you provide that piece of family for them in that moment. Wow. Well, thank you for taking us into that world. It's it's a it's it's a new world for me. And so, after being a caregiver for so many years, in 2018, you went through your own health challenges. Can you talk about that? Yes, thank you so much. I, you know, it was it was just suddenly, I call it my suddenly health challenge because here I was over 50, healthy. We have an expression here in the States, healthy as a horse. I was on no medications. I had no kind of illness or disease, was never sick a day in my life except for the common cold, right? or sinusitis, I used to have sinus infections. And then they one day I went to the um, emergency room because I was having trouble breathing for no reason. Um, I was a runner and of course in the army. And um, I'm like, I've run marathons. Why am I having trouble breathing just going up a flight of stairs and went to the emergency room and they found a spot on my lung. And this was six months prior to 2018 when they diagnosed it as being a malignant tumor in my left lower lung. And so that just took me um, on this journey 
from that to surgery to a month after the surgery, um, beginning chemotherapy treatments. And I mean, it was nine months of the most intense grueling chemotherapy regimen, according to my oncologist. And I will agree because nine months after taking that regimen, um, I finished my final dose of chemo was May in 2019. I believe the date was May 29th in 2019. And I thought everything was fine. The worst was behind me. And then nine weeks later from that date, May 2019, I went to congestive heart failure because of the chemotherapy that I was on for all those months. It caught up to me, went to congestive heart failure, went to the emergency room and went in a cardiac arrest encoded in the emergency room. So I'm a living testimony um, and I, I'm just grateful to be here. Wow, so malignant tumor in your left lung and then complications from chemo. Yes. Yeah. You know, as a three-time cancer survivor, um, I, I can really attest to the um, devastating uh, effects of chemo. You know, on, on the one hand, you need that treatment to ward off the cancer. And on the other hand, the side effects are, are tremendous. Yeah. Tremendous, right. It, it, it could be very tremendous and detrimental. And that is a risk because we have to remember it really is poison that they're putting in our bodies to kill off any cancerous cells. So, yeah. Yeah, you know, I've heard it said that chemo is not smart. It kills everything in its wake, the good cells, the bad cells. And, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I so totally resonate with your story that before I was diagnosed with my cancers, I was completely healthy, um, had never been in the hospital except to give birth, you know, and uh, ended up in emergency like you and was given this diagnosis. And it was like, where did this come from? So I, I love the way you described it. Did you say suddenness? Suddenly. 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 All of a yeah. sudden, you healthy and you go from that to chemo in zero to five seconds. That's what, that's how I describe it. That's a beautiful metaphor because it, it exactly describes what you just said. It's, it's suddenly and unexpected and how life can change literally in five seconds. Yes. In the blink of an eye. Yeah. Um, and uh, how are you doing in terms of your health today? You look incredibly vibrant. Thank you so much. So, yes, I, uh, you know, after you finish your last chemotherapy treatment, you have to go through this process of having routine scans, right? So I went from three to four month scans to six month scans. And uh, I just had a scan on the 21st of December. And I went to the doctor this past Monday on the 4th for the results, and I am still a cancer conqueror. Thank God. Uh, everything is fine. So now I have graduated to yearly scans. I don't know for how long that's going to be, but yes. So I am just so grateful. And the gratitude totally comes through, totally comes through. And, and congratulations on being a thriver and a warrior and coming out the other side. You know, it's something to be celebrated. Um, just a quick question around that. So after being a caregiver for so long, you know, being a nurse um, and getting this diagnosis of this malignancy, 
um, what was it like for you to be on the other side of healthcare, if you will? Oh my goodness, Munira. Oh my God. First of all, you never think it's going to be you, right? And you never, never your life to give in quality, compassionate care. I mean, March will be 34 years since I've been a nurse. So you dedicate your life to this, right? Never thinking that you would end up being on the other side of that bed. And so for me, um, I'm just grateful and thank God that I was, I am a nurse and been in the healthcare field for so long because you have to be an advocate for yourself. You have to be your own patient advocate. But a lot of our patients don't, are there, they're not in healthcare. They're not healthcare professionals. They don't know. They take the word of their doctors and providers like on, they live, they live by every word they don't know that they can be their own advocate. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And for me, um, that was important that I was an advocate, even though I didn't want people to know I was a nurse because when they know you a nurse, they assume you just know everything and then mm -hmm. they don't have to teach you anything or, you know what I'm saying? Or they're like, mm -hmm. you know that already, but I'm the patient now. You know what I'm saying? I'm not a nurse. I'm now the patient. And so for me, um, I had to, I had to, like I was telling my, everything I told my patients for all those years, I had to apply to me. And I also felt, and I still feel this way, that I need to go back to, all the way back to 1987 when I first became a nurse and tell every patient I've ever taken care of, I'm sorry. I'm sorry because I did not really understand what you were going through laying in this bed. Yes, I gave the best care I can give, quality, compassionate care, but until I went through my suddenly moment, I, I don't believe I understood what everything they felt, everything they was going through. And it's more than just the physical, right? Mentally, emotionally, spiritually, socially, everything that makes us human, I felt like I did not understand until I had to walk through that journey. So I feel like I need to go back and apologize to every patient I've ever taken care of since 1987. Wow, Jean, that's a, that's a powerful thing to say. And, uh, you know, there's so many threads I want to pull uh, based on what you just said. One is, um, I know from my own experience as well, um, it was not until after I went through the ordeal of, you know, three cancers within five years um, that I really became a compassionate person. But it's like when you're not able to walk and you require a wheelchair um, or you're so fatigued that getting out of bed is, is a, a monumental task um, or when you're slow to comprehend things because of the effects of chemo. Um, you know, it's not until I went through all of that that I understood what it was like for other people. You know, when, when you've been blessed with good health, you take that for granted, or at least I did. And uh, I find now that I take a pause and I have become certainly more empathic um, to other people. And that to me is one of the gifts of cancer, not a gift that I would want to give to anybody, but certainly a gift because like you, 
you know, I, I recognize that I may have dismissed people very quickly before because I was so fast-paced and I was so um, goal-oriented that I didn't necessarily pause, you know, and, and really see other people in the way that I do now. Right. Now, see, that was powerful right there because I, too, now, I, I welcome the stillness the quiet. I welcome the pause. And I, I too have learned to just pause and breathe and just be. It's not always about going, 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 running, running, running and being busy because a lot of what we do is just busyness. It's not it's not productivity. So I too, um, that, that is very deep and powerful what you just said. And it mm-hmm. is necessary that we mm-hmm. learn to just pause sometimes. And just be. Um, the other thing that I wanted to to um, extract from what you said is is the importance of being an advocate. And when I speak with individuals who are going through health challenges, you know, I talk about them being an advocate and they don't always understand that and they and they don't feel like they're qualified or have the competence of being an advocate. And so we start very, very small. We, we talk about questions, you know, what are the questions you wanna ask your doctor? And just write those down, you know, because that's a, a start. But I, I love that you brought that up, Jean Turner, because, you know, doctors are human as well. And we we need to also be advocates to ensure we get the right treatment and ask for a second opinion if required. Exactly, Munira. And also, we have to remember, they. What what is the term they use? They're practicing medicine. Yes. <laughs> I've never thought about it that way. <laughs> they're practicing medicine, right? And there is no just one way of doing things. Yeah, no, because we're all different. Everybody is different. And so, you know, they you, everything is not textbook neither. So what you use, you know, across the board spectrum may not be the right fit for everybody that you, you treat. Right. <laughs> Love it. They're practicing medicine, right? It is a practice and it's not perfect. That's that's beautiful. I have to say, though, that I've been really fortunate having phenomenal doctors, you know, who've really had my back. And uh, I give them a lot of credit for being here today. You know, it was their compassion and their competence and what they brought to the table. Yes. Amen, sister, because I I believe God had placed the right doctors at the right time, especially when I went into cardiac arrest in that emergency room. He placed the right ones in place. They were already lined up, or as I say in the Army, in formation, waiting (laughs) for me because he knew what was going to happen. Yeah, because he's the choreographer and he's the director and he is the producer. That's right. That's and he's right. and he's got you. That's right. That's right. Oh, I got chills. <laughs> so, um, Jean, you've written a book and I love the title of the book, The Spirit of a Warrior. Tell us about your book. Yeah, so The Spirit of a Warrior, believe it or not, when I was going through chemotherapy, I would sit up in my bedroom upstairs, sitting up in bed, and I started journaling. And the spirit of a warrior was birthed from my journal, where mm-hmm. I literally put dates 
And every day that I wrote something in my journal, I mean, I was very transparent. So it's the transparency of someone walking through chemotherapy because we know every day is not roses. You don't feel there are more days that you don't feel good than you feel good. And the anger and the shock of the diagnosis, the anger, every emotion, the isolation, the loneliness, the depression. I was very transparent um, in writing that book. So it takes the reader through what's that that's like for someone who's actually walking through that journey because they only see the physical aspects. Most people associate it with the physical, the hair loss and these things, but not the other aspects that make us human. So your book really is not just showing the shiny parts of you. It's about the raw emotion and what you were feeling in the moment. Yes, most yeah. definitely, most definitely. And then it includes some self-care tips for someone who might be going through cancer treatments. I shared almost 25 tips that I did, self-care tips that I did to help me to maintain some type of of, of, of well-being during during that time. Mm -hmm. Well, I got to ask you to share a couple of those self-care tips, if, if you can remember them, um, for those people who are listening, who uh, may be going through chemo right now. Yes. So one of my self-care tips is separate yourself from toxic people. Mm -hmm. Separate yourself from the naysayers. That is not the time to be hearing somebody say, well, my aunt's brother's sister didn't make it or my 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 grandmother's or my my cousin's mother, brother, uncle, you know, this happened to them. You do not need to hear that negativity, especially if you walk by faith. That is the time to walk by faith, walk in hope. And it's important because it's important that we I believe death and life and the power of the tongue. If we speak stuff into the atmosphere, then that's what it's going to be. So separate self-care tip number one, separate yourself from them toxic people, from them naysayers. Um, self-care number two, I know every time they would flush my port, right, because I had the port, yes. that it would leave this nasty uh, metallic taste in my mouth. So yes. self-care tip number two, make sure you have some uh, mint, some gum, a hard candy, or something <laughs> in your mouth when they flush that port with the heparin and normal saline because it just leaves this yucky taste in your mouth. Self-care number three, they give you a lot of fluids, at least when you're on chemotherapy to where you blow up and gain weight with the steroids and the yep. fluids. And yep. so you really have to monitor your water intake. You need to drink water because chemotherapy treatments are very dehydrating but make sure there's a balance because there is it's a balancing act between your hydration, nutrition, and your elimination. It's a balancing act because the chemo is very dehydrating and drying. And my last one I'm gonna give for now, elimination. You have to move your bowels. You have to make sure you're eating nutritious foods loaded with fiber to help keep you regular because chemo is poison. You've gotta get that out your system. So fiber to make sure you're moving your bowels and water to flush your kidneys and toxins out. Toxins in, they got to come out. They cannot build up in your body. I love it. Practical, practical 
tips. And, and as you were speaking, I was thinking about the metallic taste from the port and the heparin. And boy, it just, it just <laughs> I'm flooded with that taste right now. Jean, what can I say? I'm going to take a sip of water. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this would be a good time. It, and you know, it's like it brings back flashbacks, doesn't it? It sure does. It sure does. So as I was preparing for our interview and reading up about you, Jean, um, the one thing that became extremely clear to me is that you are so clear about your mission. And if I can just summarize, you know, in, in one sentence, what I see you do, your, your mission, your vision, your purpose is to help others achieve and maintain optimum wellness. Would, would that be summarizing it accurately? Yes, optimum health and wellness. Mm -hmm. Okay, so how do you define optimum health and wellness? Being your best, your healthiest, your happiest self um, that you can be, you know, according to your current status. Some people are healthy and have no medical issues or no medications. So maintaining optimum health and wellness for them is prevention, right? Practicing self-care, practicing prevention, which both you and I were at before our suddenly moments, right? And then there are those who have some kind of illness, who's going through chronic disease. Maybe it's cancer, maybe it's diabetes, maybe it's heart disease, lupus, whatever it is, is maintaining your, your happiness, maintaining as, 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 being as healthy and well as you can for that disease state. And that may look like something different to different people, depending what their status is. So I like to always use the example of the professional ball player, because I think we all can relate to sports, right? That mm -hmm. professional ball player um, had an injury, a recent injury, but that injury did not stop him from playing ball and playing in the next game. So to him, an optimum state of health and wellness to him looks like this. Yes, I have this injury, but guess what? I can still play ball. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it means different things to different people. And there is a difference between health and wellness. Health is the state, right, of being physically, socially, mentally, emotional, you know, um, um, at, at, at a state that, you know, you can still do the things you can do, but it doesn't necessarily mean that there's no disease or sickness present. It's just a state of being, whereas wellness is the actual action. Wellness is the action word, really, Munira. It requires that we do something. And so, yeah, if health is the goal, wellness is the action we take to get there. But that's what I mean by optimal health and wellness. It looks different to different people depending on where they are on that health and wellness spectrum or pendulum. Wow. Um, I've never really... Um thought about the difference between health and wellness, I tend to use it interchangeably, but I love the way you described it. So health is the state and wellness is the verb, it's the action. It's yeah. what you do to maintain optimum health. That's a, a really great um, distinction. I, I see exactly where you're going. And what I'm hearing you say is it doesn't matter um, where you're at. You start from where you are. You start from where you are. So you could be 15 or you could be 70 and yes. you could have uh, morbidities or you could be completely healthy. It doesn't matter. The idea is, well, there's a really hopeful message. So start from where you are. 
Okay, I like that. Um, I wanted to explore that a little further. So when you talk about health and you talk about wellness, it's not just physical. You're talking mental, emotional, spiritual, your environment, socially with your relationships. I'm talking about the whole kit and caboodle, financial well-being, sexual well-being. It's what mm. makes us human, every aspect of our lives, because this is this is what I truly believe. If any one of those entities, if there is imbalance in any one of those entities, guess what? The whole body is in a state of disharmony. Hmm. Any imbalance in any one of those creates disharmony throughout the body. Wow. Well, Jean, I need to be asking you this question then. I mean, the, the, the scope, it's almost like a wheel, isn't it? And every spoke of the wheel whether it's financial or sexual or relationships or um, health. Uh, so, so where does one even get started to figure out what their um, health quotient is, if you will? This is what I tell my, my clients that I coach. First of all, you need to start with your why. Your why is your motivation for why for for wanting to be a live a healthier happier life what is your motivation what is your why because it's at the end of the day it all goes back to your why is your why because you want to see your kids and grandkids grow up is your why because you want to be able to travel and do the things that you want to do is your why because you just want to be happy what is your why that's your motivator start there first okay mm -hmm. And, and I just believe that's where it all begins, because once you find that why, that motivator, that's what's going to propel you and keep you on track with whatever your health and wellness and fitness goals are. So that's where yeah. it begins with some self-reflection, some self-discovery, introspection. Right. You know, I've heard it said that if you have a big enough why, the what and the how comes by easily, but you've got to have a big enough why so that during tough times, you can hold on to that why. Yes, yes, and fulfill them goals because that's what's going to take for you to meet meet the goals that you set for yourself. Mm -hmm. From a place of vulnerability, may I ask you to share what your why is? My why is, well, before the suddenly in 2018, my, my why I do what I do because I want to be healthy all my life. I want to age gracefully. I want excellent quality of life so that I can travel and do all the things that I desire to do. Now my why is I want to stay healthy, healed, and whole so I can travel and do all the things that I, I desire to do, God willing. Mm -hmm. can, I, can I steal your why? I like it. Yes. Can I make that my own? Yes. <laughs> Have at it. You are welcome, Muniwa. You are welcome. <laughs> um, my goodness. So um, you also have a wellness and lifestyle program for those of us who are 50 and over. And love the name of your signature program, um, which you created. And I believe that the name of the program is Fit Foxy 50 and Beyond. Let me just say that again. It's got a nice ring to it. Fit Foxy 50 and beyond. <laughs> Tell us about that. <laughs> well, let me tell you 
tell you, people always ask me, where did I get that name from? That was the theme to my 50th birthday celebration back in 2013 because I wanted a theme and it just stuck. So when I created that signature program in 2018, it, it just stuck. And basically, you know, we know that as we, it's something about when you hit 50 years young, I like to say, not old, but 50 years young and beyond. I'm liking you more and more, Gita. <laughs> it's something about turning that magical age to where, you know, it, and it's just natural. Our bodies undergo these natural physiological changes, right? Things slow down, you know, metabolism slows down, digestion slows down, our heart ejection fraction decreases by start decreasing by a certain percentage, right? And so that's just nature. That's just normal physio, physio, physiological changes. And so it is about maintaining optimizing again health over 50 years young so again we can retire we can travel we can be just as vibrant as we age as we were before hitting that magical number of 50. okay 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 and so this is actually a program that you offer mm -hmm. and okay so um we can talk about how people can get in touch with you shortly uh, but before we go there uh, you also host uh, a podcast, and your podcast is called Health Chat with Coach Jean. Again, it's got a nice ring to it. And uh, this is a podcast that you host once a week, is it, on a Sunday? Yeah, it's actually every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard oh. Time. We live stream. Okay. Um, yes, and that was birthed as a result of my suddenly as well because that's when okay. i started pod I, I actually started at a, as a 10 minute segment on someone else's show okay and then the producer was like i've been looking for a show like yours a health show would you be willing so i prayed about it and here we are now and actually this thursday is episode 28. oh wow what what do you love most about this particular show i love bringing awareness education i love to inspire others you know on all things related to health healing and wholeness again body mind soul and spirit everything that makes us human um the awareness portion the inspiration portion the motivation portion you know and i get to share my testimony and i get to share awareness and information and educate worldwide you know and you, right and you, my home Wow, love it, love it. And do individuals have an opportunity to call in and ask questions on your show? Not yet, but we're getting to that. So right now it is dial in or you can catch the live streams on Spreaker.com every Thursday because we live stream on Spreaker. And then we also have um, the replays or on Spreaker, Spotify, iHeart, Apple and Pray.com now under Jerry Royce, um, Positive Power 21 Christian Media. I love it. I love it. Um, you know, you you shared some really great practical tips um, from your book, The Spirit of a Warrior. Um, and I almost feel like I need to be asking you, because I know that the reader, the, the listeners to the show are probably saying, Jean Turner, give us more tips. So if you can think about a, a couple more tips you can share with our listeners about your healthcare practices and, and practices that might help our listeners, that would be really fantastic. 
number one tip that I would say is, and you alluded to this earlier, um, Munira, start where you are. It is never too late, right, to begin your self-care regimen. Um, you know, learn to be still and take breaks and take moments, especially when you're starting to feel overwhelmed and stressed because stress, I saw mine not too long ago, stress will kill you quicker than a bullet. So we have to find avenues. We have to find ways to reduce and decrease managed stress. That I think is the number one tip because stress can lead to so chronic stress can lead to disease and sickness. Mm -hmm. And so even if it's just to sit still for five minutes and mm -hmm. just breathe and be, even if it's to go for a quick walk, you know, mm -hmm. do something that brings you joy reduces your stress and helps you to better manage it because stress will kill you quicker than a bullet it is it's a, it's a cause of many diseases and sicknesses so yeah that that would be my main one to add to the other ones honestly okay that's again really practical something that that, that anybody can do at any stage in life okay um Jean Turner, as a minister, I would imagine that spirituality informs everything you do. Um, how has spirituality um, defined how you live your life? Oh, so let me say this. I, I've always believed in God, but my, my faith was not as is my faith had to grow and it grew through that suddenly moment and i tell people grow through what you are going through or walking through mm. the process and so um it has it's grown it grown it grew as a result of what i walked through with those suddenly diagnoses you know suddenly illnesses um, but it now it is more important to me now more than ever before. I have to be honest. It was important before, but now it is magnified. It, when, I, when I say magnified, um, Munira, it is magnified. And now I cannot start my day without first praying and, and just going before god I, I i i i pray always for direction instruction and everything that i do so it is at the forefront now of my life he god is at the forefront now whereas before i will admit he was kind of on the back burner when i was more focused on my career and goals and what i wanted to do and so but now and the ministry that he has given me i actually became a licensed minister since that back in 20 last year i became a licensed minister and i know what my my calling is uh, um many people might call me a minister of health but that is what i'm called to do so it's a huge part and my faith and spirituality plays i mean it's at the it's at the head now i so resonate with what you're saying uh, and i think for me it was you know in those darkest days when it looked like there was no way forward you know, and, and there is nothing else to hold on to. You just hold on to him. And it's something about faith and leaving it in his hands. 
And then you see the miracles and you go, how did this even happen? And then you know that it's way beyond you, that there is a power, that there is a force, that there is um, something so significant and so powerful, you may not see it, but it's there. And uh, I, I totally get where you're coming from. I think it was through my illness that I really grew in, in faith and spirituality. Right. And then when you look back, Munira, when you look back, you can't, you, all you can do is say, that was nobody but him. You yeah. went through three cancers and look at you, healthy and healed and beautiful and living life. I called it and went cardiac arrest. And when I look back, it was it's like, there was nobody but him. Yeah. Yeah. And there is something so powerful when you incorporate him in everything you do, like you said, when you start your day. Yes. Oh, yes. I, I love it. I love it. So um, what are you hopeful for, Jean Turner? What are you hopeful for for 2021? My, my hope and prayer is that God keep me healthy, keep me healed, keep me strong, keep me well so that I can do whatever it is he would have me to do uh, in ministry, in business, in just, you know, encouraging others, like through your podcast, through your platform, that, that that's what I want. Mm -hmm. Do you believe that each one of us has a purpose in life? Yeah, I believe that none of us would be here if we if there was still not purpose in us. There's mm -hmm. still work for all of us to do. And um, if we don't know what that is, then that's where we need to just ask, ask him, ask God. But I believe we were all created to fulfill his will and purpose here on the earth. We all have purpose. And it's a matter of figuring out and finding out what your purpose is, what is your assignment, and, 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 and going with it. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Wow. I think that's a great place to, to end uh, today's session. Um, if people wanted to be in touch with you, what would be the best way for them to learn about your wellness and lifestyle program, to be in touch with you, to, uh, uh, to connect with you? Yes, thank you so much. Um, it would be my website is spiritofawarrior.life, L-I-F-E, spiritofawarrior.life. And I am on Facebook, IG, um, Twitter, um, and the Health Chat with Coach Jean, which is my podcast. Um, but I'm on all social medias. <laughs> That's amazing. You are. You're really quite connected, Jean Turner. Uh, and I will make sure to put this information in the uh, in the notes um, for this podcast. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your energy. Thank you for your radiance. Thank you for your radiance. Well, thank you so much. You know, I, I appreciate you. Thank you for allowing me this opportunity first of all pleasure to meet you and thank you for the opportunity to be on your platform and to just share and i hope that something said encourages your listeners mm. yeah i i hope i hope that as well and i know you had wonderful insights to share thank you jean thank you i hope you enjoyed today's show if you like what you heard Click the subscribe button to listen to more episodes. And if you would like to be a guest on the show, message me on my Facebook, 
Instagram or Twitter feed. In the meantime, whatever you're doing, wherever you are, choose hope. Hope is the spark that ignites us to move forward and the very thing that carries us through in challenging and joyful times.